Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by www.livinglies.wordpress.com, GTC Honored, and The Garfield Firm, serving all 50 states with news and analysis of the latest bank scams against borrowers, homeowners, consumers, and investors, and providing legal representation throughout Florida. This program is for general information only. It is not a solicitation for services or legal representation and should never be used as a substitute for advice from a licensed professional. And now, here's world-renowned financial expert, attorney, and blogger, Neil Garfield. And hello, this is Neil. This is Thursday, April 14th, 2016. Tomorrow's tax day. Oh, joy. Tonight, we have as our guest Patricia Rodriguez, who has been a guest before. She's returning, and we thank her for that. Patricia is a lawyer practicing in Southern California and has been dedicating herself to consumer and homeowner protections, foreclosure defense, and rescission. And speaking of rescission, I want to clear up one point that keeps coming up in conversation and which appears to have been one of the principal reasons why many homeowners did not send notices of rescission long ago. You're rescinding the loan, not the purchase of the house. You're rescinding the mortgage, not the deed. But people get confused, and the statement I hear made is, well, if I rescind the house, I have to give the house back. If I rescind, I have to give the house back. That's wrong on so many levels, it's hard to know where to begin. You never bought the house from the bank, so you wouldn't be giving it back to the bank because you didn't get it from them. So why do you think you need to give it back to them? That isn't giving it back to the former owner. That's giving a house to someone on account of they want it. Think about that. But tonight I'll just say you didn't get the house from the bank. You got the house from a former owner or developer. So there's nothing about giving the house back to the bank because the bank never owned it. They want to own it, or really they just want the foreclosure sale, but they are only a pretender lender or maybe an actual lender, maybe 4% of the cases. Seal of rescission is not about giving the house to anyone, just the opposite. Rescission terminates the deed of trust or mortgage, which means you get to keep the house. It means that under, under the Truth in Lending Act, that eventually and only if the creditor gives you back the canceled note original, only if the creditor files a release of the encumbrance in the county records, and only after the creditor has paid you all the money you ever paid them, then they can make a demand upon you to pay back only the principal, no finance charges, fees, or anything else. And they have no mortgage to foreclose on for that demand because under TILA rescission, the mortgage and note are void when the notice of rescission is mailed. 
So you still have all the money they paid you in your pocket, and you can use that and maybe a small mortgage to pay off the principal that they're saying is due or you settle it. Uh, You're in a better negotiating position because now they don't have a secured interest in your house. You don't give the house back. You don't give the house to the bank. And so far, that demand has never been made because they can't come up with an actual creditor on whose behalf they could hand you the original note, which was probably destroyed, uh, and on whose behalf they could file the um, release of the encumbrance. And nobody wants to come out of pocket on a loan which, in truth, they don't have one cent uh, of any interest in that loan. They never loaned the money. They never paid for the loan to acquire it. I'm broadcasting live from Broward County, Florida, brought to you by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, Lending Lies, Amgar, and the Garfield Firm with offices in South Florida. And this show is specially brought to you because of donations to the Living Lies blog from listeners like you. Thank you. And for those of you who are not yet contributors, we ask that you hit the donate button on the blog or call 954-495-9867 and pledge whatever you think you can afford. On the West Coast, you can dial 520-405-1688. If this show has value for you, if the blog has value to you, then please make a contribution to help us continue helping you and all consumers. We are improving our services and maintaining our websites. Sorry for our dust, but I think we have already made some really good improvements in the services and automation. We should be done with the first phase around the end of this month. We're piloting a new $99 program to get more information to more people. We're calling them group consults for small groups of 10 or less, and the slots are filling up. If we have up to 10 10 people in the the conference, uh, it'll be 90 minutes long with me, and the minimum will be an hour no matter how many people are on. You can ask questions and listen to others ask questions. You can get answers, and you can listen to other people get answers. Go to the Living Lies blog, click on the... Uh, group consult, check it out, schedule and schedule yourself in one of those group consults. You're reminded that in such a conversation, you're not getting specific legal advice because I won't know your whole case, but I will know enough to give you some factual information that will be helpful to you in challenging the banks. I will know that because you will be filling out our registration form. And, of course, you're waiving attorney-client privilege if it actually applies because other people are on the line. If you're looking for active assistance in rescission, litigation, modification, mediation, or settlement, then call our numbers and schedule a consult, a review, or both. We provide your attorney with the latest information on what's happening and what's getting traction and bare-bones facts on the origination, acquisition, and enforcement of each loan submitted to us. Lending Lies is the new platform we're using for the business end of our enterprise here, and we keep working on it daily. Uh, Parts of it have already 
uh, working, you can actually schedule your own consults uh, by clicking on the appropriate places starting on the blog, and it will take you uh, quickly to uh, uh, be able to select a time and date uh, on your own. The time will come, hopefully, when you'll be able to create your own documents, qualified written requests, debt validation letters, and many other things when the entire platform is completed, which is why we need um, the uh, uh, donations uh, in as large an amount as people can afford. Uh, it takes money to do this sort of thing for people, and uh, we need to uh, uh, get into that so that uh, the things that people can do on their own uh, can be done with a minimum or no expense. In the meanwhile, uh, we're, we're using it for scheduling the consultations with me and ordering some services. Living Lies, with over 11 million visits, is the number one place on the Internet to get information, forms, facts, and opinions from a variety of sources on foreclosure defense, consumer loans, and even student loans. Our mission is to share as much information as we can to help homeowners and other consumers who find that in addition to the house or car or TV, they bought a very complicated financial product and probably gave up their ID, and in, in that sense, I'm looking very strongly at identity theft um, as a potential claim against the banks in these transactions because of the number of times that they sell instruments with your signature uh, without getting your consent or even disclosing it. We are succeeding as more and more lawyers, judges, regulators, law enforcement officers across the country are smelling blood in the water, and some of those, um, uh, some of that fruit now looks like it's low-hanging fruit to them. Uh, there's gold in all of those so-called bank eras. Goldman Sachs just paid or agreed to pay five billion. I think when you look at it closely, it's closer to $4 billion. And if you look at it even more closely, it's probably less than that. But nonetheless, a $5 billion settlement was announced uh, with the Department of Justice. Uh, let me remind my listeners, I'm sure those of you who are regulars would be able to repeat this nonstop. Let me remind my listeners here that nothing stops a foreclosure except a court order. No letter, no pleading, or anything else will stop the foreclosure from proceeding or stop the forced sale of property. In bankruptcy, that order is automatically issued as soon as the bankruptcy is filed, but there are exceptions even to that. Now we turn to our guest, Patricia Gonzalez, uh, Rodriguez, I mean, <laughs> um, who has been a guest before, a lively person who is very energetic and litigates to win. And Patricia, thanks for appearing on our show again. Hi, it's great to be here. So uh, good to hear you. I, I so rarely get to listen to so much of it, so it was great to hear what the listeners get to hear today. <laughs> Well, the reason I've got you on is, as you know, we've had some uh, decisions in the state of California, which 
uh, even the bank attorneys agree may well have uh, nationwide significance. Um, so that's one reason. And the other is I know that, like me, you're always looking for ways that homeowners can help themselves uh, without having to go through the expense of uh, hiring a lawyer, uh, although I always recommend that before they do anything to help themselves, they at least consult with a lawyer who's licensed in the jurisdiction in which their property is located. So what can homeowners do? What's your view on this to to help themselves? Certainly. I mean, I think one of the main issues I see with people is that they haven't treated the problem seriously enough. It's one of those things where you can't just put your head in the sand and hope that it's going to go away. This isn't one of those things that just goes away. And one of the worst things for us as, as attorneys is, you know, for us as a team, as a legal team, is when we get the situation, you know, they might be facing a sheriff lockout or the property's already sold in a non-judicial foreclosure. And it's much harder for me to assist at that point than it would have been if they had, you know, come forth earlier on and, and said they had a problem. But in the same vein, you know, I would say don't treat the problem so seriously that it's debilitating and you're not able to work or you're not able to do the regular things that you would otherwise do. Ultimately, it's not worth, you know, losing your health or your life or anyone else's over. It is just a property. So I think, you know, just remaining calm and being patient and having an even-keeled perspective on the financial problem that you're dealing with is really important to resolving it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, the word mindfulness has now found its way into the mainstream. And surprisingly, uh, the Florida Bar Journal uh, for this month uh, devoted the whole issue to uh, the practice of mindfulness and the breathing techniques and so forth. I was pleasantly surprised by uh, by what they did. And I, I agree with you that people who I run across frequently either get paralyzed or crazed by the pressure of suddenly, because they've been avoiding it, like you say, suddenly confronting the reality of the foreclosure and realizing that this is not something that's going to go away. So I, I agree with you 100% there. And, you know, one of the issues that happens because people are so nervous and so upset and they've lost faith in themselves, they've lost faith in the system and not without cause, is that they treat the attorney as though the attorney, here they are sitting in front of the lawyer that they've walked into their office and they're looking for help, and yet they don't trust the attorney because they feel like this this lawyer may be just one more person who is going to do something bad to them. Um, what's your take on that? I think that's a really key, important aspect about this whole thing is that you, as a homeowner, should really spend your time, if you're on the Internet, vetting that issue sometimes more than vetting 
you know, educating yourself on the issues that are going to be presented. Because if you are going to seek representation, and I do think, you know, that you should at some point, you know, seek help. It's okay to seek help outside of yourself. Even if you're going to go pro per or do it yourself, you know, you seek help to get guidance on how you do that. Um, Because, you know, even for myself, they say, you know, you have a fool for your, a client if you represent yourself. So, you know, even as an attorney, I don't represent myself because otherwise I might have a fool for a client. I think it's a complicated system, and when you're attached to the problem and it's emotionally going to affect you and your bottom line, it's harder to be objective. So if you can get somebody outside of the situation to be objective, that's a valuable thing to have. Now, when it's picking that person who's going to stand outside of you and give you advice, you need to trust that person. If you don't trust that person, then you're not going to trust them when they're giving you advice. If they're telling you you need to be reviewed for a modification, for some reason this decision doesn't work, or we tried it and the judge isn't listening, you have to be able to believe that person when they say that. If in your particular case, that's that's what the situation is. Granted, maybe in someone else's case, they have a different decision or a different judge or a different loan, and they're, you know, maybe they're a different borrower if they didn't get it in, you know, probate or something. So the, the bottom line is, is there's a lot of things that go into advice that's coming from an attorney. And if you don't trust that advice that's coming from the attorney, then you don't have any allies in the fight. And divide and conquer will certainly lead you to losing. I agree completely with that as well. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, one of the issues, there's such a thing as too little knowledge, and that results in, uh, not seeking the help that you need. And there is also such a thing for lay people as too much knowledge where they think they understand more than they do. And then they become mistrustful of their attorney because the attorney is not doing something that they read on the Internet, maybe one of my articles. But I always emphasize the fact that this is not an opinion on your case that you can rely on, you need to rely on your attorney who is licensed and familiar with local practices. So we did have a case that has the country and lots of people writing uh, and talking about Ivanova versus New Century Mortgage. What do you think is the takeaway from the Ivanova decision? Well, in a nutshell, what Ivanova stands for is a California Supreme Court case saying that borrower, that homeowner, has the right, has the standing to challenge whether or not the entity that's foreclosing is the right party to foreclose. Now, they said that you have that right, you have that standing, once the foreclosure has commenced, and completed. So if the foreclosure has commenced or it's completed, then you have this standing. That is the controlling law of the land in California. And any judge who says differently should be challenged all the way across the board and should be taken up on appeal because the California Supreme Court said unanimously in Ivanova that borrowers, that homeowner has standing to challenge a foreclosure once that foreclosure, that non-judicial foreclosure has commenced and completed. And what that means is if there is an NOD recorded, then Ivanova controls. 
if the trustee's deed upon sale has been recorded, even over control. And at minimum, even if a, pre, a, a notice of default hasn't been recorded and you're pre-NOD, then EVANOVA is persuasive. And what, more law could, what law could be more persuasive than the California Supreme Court when they say, you know, you have, challenged, you have standing to challenge a non-judicial foreclosure at, at, you know, even the other side will admit once the foreclosure has completed and there's been a trustee's deed upon sale. So if you have it at that point, why wouldn't you have it before that happens? If you have it once they've sold the house, then certainly you have it before they sold the house. The only reason the court wasn't able to make that ruling as well is because that uh, case, you know, the pre-NOD status and pre-trustee's deed-upon-sale status, that case, Teshgar, is still before the California Supreme Court. We anticipate an equally... Uh, well-written and well-reasoned opinion as Ivanova in Keshgar, meaning that borrower, the long-awaited question, borrower does have standing to challenge the foreclosing entity's right to foreclose. Yeah, I, I, I found it interesting that they said that the avoid assignment uh, would entitle you to sue for damages for wrongful foreclosure but they they made the express statement that we're not saying that a void assignment is necessarily a uh, defense to uh, an ongoing foreclosure, a non-judicial foreclosure. But I agree with you. I think that's where they're headed, but they're taking it in baby steps. Well, right, um, because that's not what was before them. They have to answer what was before them, and this was a post-foreclosure case. So all they could speak to is post-foreclosure, and this they weren't. This wasn't a factual question on a motion for summary judgment as to whether or not the loan was void or voidable or whether that was a defense to it. This was a question of law as to whether or not you get past demur. So that's the bottom line is the court has said you get past demur, you get past the motion to dismiss. In, even in a pre-NOD, uh, pre pre-foreclosure case, as one would describe it, a court in federal court granted a motion to dismiss, excuse me, denied a motion to dismiss, and our case is set for trial, on whether or not the right entity w is collecting the payments. Is the right entity collecting the payments? Because if the wrong entity is collecting the payments and they don't have a right to this money, well, that's certainly an unfair business practice. So our business and professions code violation is going forward, and we're doing discovery in that case. Yeah, we've had we've had some decisions here in Florida where disgorgement of all the money they ever collected was ordered even without rescission, simply because it it was determined at trial that they had no authority to collect on behalf of anyone else, and they weren't the creditor either. So right. I think that. Uh, you make a very good point there. And what about uh, the holding in, uh, how you pronounce it, Satterback? Yeah, Satterback. So we just want to make sure that we've got a full understanding and, and what's piggybacking on what. So after the Ivanova decision, the fourth district came out in the California Court of Appeals, and in Satterback said, if you're pre the notice of default, excuse me, if you're pre the notice, 
of trustee sale and therefore pre the trustee deed upon sale being then you don't have standing to challenge so um, currently a lot of us in the industry are writing requests for this to be depublished but as it currently stands in the fourth district so like the riverside area you need to be conscious that Satterback kind of counters Ivanova, you know, and they may try to say that that uh, is a basis for not following Ivanova. So um, that's another case to be aware of. I'll also mention that this uh, upcoming Saturday on the 23rd, my office will be co-hosting a, a seminar and we'll go into more detail on these Ivanova, Satterback, and Keshgar as far as the, the various case law. Where is the seminar? Um, it's going to be hosted in uh, Los Angeles at the LAX on the Hilton, um, and it's, uh, if you go to my website, you'll be able to get a link to all of the info that, uh, in regards to that. Uh, I don't think I posted your website. Um, what, um, if they call your office number, can they get the information? Certainly, by all means. If you call the office at 626 888-5206 or go to our website at www.attorneyprod.com you'll be able to get the information there but it is on the 23rd of, from 9 to 4 and it will be there at the Los Angeles Hilton and you have payment options on my website excellent excellent well I think that uh, uh, you've been doing uh, a good job of explaining some things that uh, uh, that I've been dealing with recently myself, which is um, obviously we agree with Ivanova and it makes sense. But the Satterback decision is, and we have our version of that in almost every state, you've got on the one hand one decision which seems to make it clear that the courts are now doubting the validity of the mortgages and transfers of the mortgages and all that. And on the other hand, they're taking it in baby steps, and so you've got this crazy dichotomy of the Supreme Court of the state of California saying that, well, after the foreclosure is done, you can sue for wrongful foreclosure because it is wrongful if it's a void assignment. And then you've got Satterback saying, well, you can't raise that issue and you don't have standing until the foreclosure is done. That's got to be maddening to a lot of people and and lay people who, who are dealing with lawyers, and I'm sure that it interferes with their trust in what the lawyer knows or the judgment of the lawyer, et cetera. Have you encountered that? Absolutely, on a daily basis, you know, it's regularly difficult to explain to a borrower, you know, or to a homeowner, you know, why, why is it that I've done everything I'm supposed to do? Why is it that I have these audits, and I'm sure that the wrong person is foreclosing on me, and the courts don't care? And it's like, that's the exact it right there. It's not that I'm not presenting the arguments. It's not that I'm not persuasive. It's that you know, to a large degree, a lot of these people making the decisions, these judges, their pension funds, their retirement plans, their money is in the accounts for these defendants, you know. And so I will certainly not, you know, um, speak poorly of the judiciary, but I will say that they're 
can be at times a conflict of interest, and there can be at times like an unwillingness to hold the banks to the letter of the law. Well, I know of some situations where I do take issue with the judiciary, but then again, I'm 69 years old, and I don't know what they could do to me. They, um, <laughs> I, 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 I found one judge who didn't really take issue with the fact that the rescission was effective, but he also didn't think that in the judicial setting, not the non-judicial, he didn't think that removed the subject matter jurisdiction from the court. I don't know how he arrived at that, but I've, I've since heard many judges having done that. So <clears throat> I, do, I, do, I do take issue with the judiciary on that. Well, we've, we've used up our time, and as usual, uh, wanting more. Uh, Patricia Rodriguez, uh, uh, 626-888-5206, thanks for joining us. I look forward to having you on the show again, and I hope everybody has a good week. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to our broadcast. We hope that you tell your friends about us and let them know that there is hope and help in this financial crisis. Tune in every week to The Neil Garfield Show for free information and advice, and visit our blog daily at The Living Lines Blog. We provide support services, the latest strategies, analysis, expert consultations, testimony, and declarations to use in your battle against the largest economic crime in human history. For information concerning Neil, the team at Living Lies, or the law firm, go to www.livinglies.wordpress.com or call 520-405-1688. The opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the host and should not be attributed to any other person or entity. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.